0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Today is a very, very exciting day for me because I will be teaching from my latest book titled Jesus, Our Magnificent Obsession. For those of you who may not know, I have a YouTube channel, Olu George Ministries, where I told my story last Friday, um, the story of how I fell in love with Jesus again for the second time after I had been saved for a while. And like many preachers, like many believers, my love sort of waxed cold. The Lord Jesus met me afresh, set my soul on fire, changed the course of my life, my ministry, my emphasis, my focus and all of that. Now, that experience led to the writing of this book. Um, so visit our YouTube channel and like, subscribe, and don't forget to uh, click the ring a uh, uh, menu so that you can be notified every time we upload a video. Now, on the 1st of September you will have the opportunity for 24 hours only to buy this book on Amazon or on our website, olugeorgeministries.global for the princely sum of $1, just for 24 hours, $1 only. But then when you buy the book, please leave a positive comment or review of the book or your experience uh, with our ministry. How you've been blessed by it. Let's begin our time today with a song by Brother Fred Hammond titled Jesus is All. The chorus goes this way Jesus is all the world to me. He is my life. He's everything that I've hoped for. He's everything that I need. When I'm lonely, He gives me comfort. When I'm sad, he cheers me. I want to let you know, if I shall fall, he lifts me up. And when I am empty, he fills my cup. Yeah. These words sound awfully similar to something I've read in scriptures. Can you think of a scripture where this almost looks like it's literally lifted up from? Mm, Let's say, I can think of Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. This scripture is so powerful, so beautiful, so anointed, so precious. I'm going to read it in three different translations for you. Let's go. From the New King James Version, Philippians 3, 7 to 11. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. What things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Have you lost anything in your pursuit of Christ? Has it cost you something, anything? I read on. Yet, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him glory and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformed to his death by any means that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul says there are things I could have counted as valuable. There are things I could have counted as beneficial. There are things I could have counted as desirable. But when I place them side by side with the knowledge of Christ, they become like manure, they become like dung, they become like excrement in comparison. And so for the cause of Christ, Paul says, I have laid aside all things, prestige, honor, accolades of men, worldly recognition, worldly acclaim, even worldly wealth, all of it. And why? What am I? What um, what am I giving these up in exchange for? He says that I may know Him. That I may experience Him, experiential knowledge. That I may have intimacy with Him. Not just a, 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 a an insipid faith, a tasteless, meaningless, ritualistic, religious faith, but a vibrant, living, vital, living, active faith. In Christ, with proof, with evidence, that I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection, that the power of his resurrection be not something theoretical to me, but something I live day by day. Paul says, I've given up all this stuff, that I may know the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to communicate with his sufferings. I want to assimilate his suffering. I want to be engrafted into his suffering. I want to cultivate his sufferings. I want to be conformed to his death. I want the reality of his death to work in my life, in my flesh, here and now. And what is the ultimate goal of all these things? To know him, to know the power of his resurrection, to experience the fellowship of his suffering, to be conformable to his death, so that I may eventually experience the first resurrection and the second resurrection from the dead. Let's read from the Passion Translation. Yet, All of the accomplishments, Philippians 3, 7 to 11, all of these accomplishments that I once took credit for, I have now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all of my boasting on the garbage heap. Is all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness based on keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his. Based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long, see the word passion, longing. I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience the complete oneness with him in the resurrection from the realm of death. This is just overwhelmingly loaded. It talks about passion. I'm passionate about this one thing. I want to experience him My heart is longing for Him. I want to be united with Him. I want to identify with Him. I want to be grafted into Him. Just like in agriculture, you graft two different varieties of, let's say, citrus. You graft the top part to the lower part of another. And the same sap that flows from the roots, Of the lower one flows into the top. The same sap, the same water, the same nutrients. I want to be engrafted in Christ that I may represent him accurately and perfectly and fully. I'm longing for this. I want to be completely one. I want to be united with him. I don't want to be separate from him. I don't want to be apart from him. Let's read the same verses from the message translation. The very credentials, these people are waving around as something special. I'm tearing it up. I'm throwing out with the trash, along with everything I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. First hand, everything I once thought I had going for me is now insignificant. In fact, dog dung, that means dog excrement. I have dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules. When I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's kind of righteousness. So I gave up all the inferior stuff that I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection of the dead, I wanted to do it. This is the opening salvo in my book, Jesus, Our Magnificent Obsession. And it was what I felt like when I came into a fresh encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know this, but for many, many, many pastors, too many pastors, success is measured in A, B, C, A, attendance, B, buildings, C, cash flow. Now, let me just put a a disclaimer right there. If God is involved and if you are doing what God called and commanded you to do, there will be some attendance. There may even be a lot of attendance. It doesn't matter. With God, it does not matter if there is one or one thousand or one million. So there will be attendance. If God has called you and you are doing what God called you to do, you will need buildings. You will need property. You will need some kind of facility to house the ministry in. And truly, if you are doing the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as the ministry of Jesus Himself attracted partners, donors, and givers, you will attract some cash flow. But attendance, buildings, and cash are terrible measures of good success. Don't forget Joshua chapter one. He says, If you do, if you if you make the law of God your total complete focus and obsession and you meditate obsessively day and night you will have good success attendance buildings cash they are important things but it could never be the basis of measuring godly success or what heaven defines as success there are many many successful saints who had little or none none of these things, but yet heaven considers them extremely successful. There are others, on the other hand, who have plenty of attendance, plenty of popularity and fame and notoriety, plenty of cash, plenty of buildings and the worldly wealth that goes along with it. And when they stand before Jesus, Yeshua, on the last day, they will hear these damnable words, I never knew you. When the grace of God brought me into a fresh revelation with Jesus, I also lost my religion. I also lost my fascination with the ABCs of worldly success. It didn't matter if there was one or ten. I was performing for an audience of one. I was performing for Jesus. I was performing for the Father. I was performing for the Holy Ghost. Before I had this encounter, I had told our church that they were my vision, that my vision and my dream and my motivation in ministry was for them to be successful, was that for them to be fulfilled, was for them to be be happy for them to be prosperous spiritually materially prosperous in their health and in their body according to third john verse two beloved i wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as you're so prosperous after this encounter i had to go back to them and say guys i have misled you because i was misled myself you could never be my dream you could never be my vision you are only my target you are the ones to we, to whom i have been sent but my dream is the pleasure and the delight of my savior jesus is all the world to me he's everything i've ever wanted he's everything i want he's everything i could ever dream or hope for i'm not using him as a means to get something he is the reason I leave. He is the source of my supply. He is the end of my faith. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. And his pleasure is my greatest motivation. His wishes are my command. And I said to the church, do you want to follow Jesus? Or you want that church where you are told how great you are, where you are made to feel that the world revolves around you, that God exists for your pleasure, that God, that you can create God in your image, rather than seek to be fashioned in the image of God. And when the Holy Ghost, when the time was right, the Holy Ghost inspired me to take all of that experience and some of the things he has taught me and to put them in this book. I really highly recommend this book. I want you to have this book so badly. I have made it for 24 hours, starting from the 1st of September of this year. You can buy it on Amazon or on Olu George olugeorgeministries.global for the princely sum of one dollar. Now, let's go back to our text. Have you lost anything in your pursuit of Jesus? Do you know what it feels like? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, it was said concerning Moses that Moses considered suffering with the people of God a greater treasure than all the pleasures of sin in Egypt. And Moses was... Very blessed to say, blessed with material things. He had the best education, the best military training. He had the best food, the best wine, the best women in the land. He had all the money in the world he could ever wish. He was the prince of Egypt. But when his eyes became open, he counted suffering, greater glory, greater treasure than all the wines of Egypt. Just like the sons of the Hebrew children in Babylon. Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they determined in their hearts not to defile themselves with a wonderful meat, pork, all kind of food, drinks that the king drank. Rather, they asked to be fed pulse and water. And they turned out in 10 days healthier looking, stronger physically and intellectually than all the other boys who ate from the king's meat. Do you want to experience the power? Pa- of resurrection do you want to be conformed to the image of christ do you want the radiance of christ to flow from your face do you want christ to touch through you you are going to lose something if following christ has cost you nothing you might have counterfeit faith are you really following christ or are you using him You can't buy salvation. It's not for sale. It's already paid for in blood. Did you hear that? Salvation is already paid for in blood. Even though it is offered to us freely, it is very, very costly. It was paid for in the precious blood of a son of God. So you can't buy it. But if genuine faith resides in your soul, it's got to cost you something. Anything that you have in your life that costs nothing is worthless it has no value until you suffer in the flesh you will never cease from sin until you suffer in the flesh you will never experience full sanctification first peter chapter 4 verse 1 jesus left us an example by suffering for us because until we suffer in the flesh We will never cease from sin. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worth all I could ever give up for him. So I gave up a vibrant church, a vibrant church that turned over tens and sometimes hundreds of thousands of runs in a month. I gave gave up a a growing church, a full church, with people calling me and giving me 50,000, 10,000 in one gift, I remember a month, some gentleman gave me 75000 in that month. But because it wasn't built after the order of Christ, it wasn't built according to the pattern that was shown me on the mountain, I gave up that church and, beloved, it was not even a sacrifice. It was tough because my finances fell 95%. My attendance fell 90 or 80%. It was tough and my children were about to go to varsity. But it was not a surprise. Suffering for the sake of Christ was the Best decision I could ever make. I remember saying to myself, if I could not build a church that Jesus could be proud to be associated with, then let me rather die the death of a righteous. Let me die believing. Let me die on my knees. Let me die on my feet rather than stand, live on my knee, submitted to the cause of the devil. Jesus is worth it. All of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, I want, to, I want to encourage you this hour, this moment. What has it cost you to be a Christian? What have you laid down? Love will always lay down something. Love will always sacrifice. And even when love sacrifices, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Like when Abraham was told by God, give me your son, your only son, your son whom you love. Give it to me as a burnt sacrifice. Abraham didn't even tell his wife. He took the boy who was possibly a teenager, took him to the Mount Moriah, and he said to his servants, me and the young man, we are going to worship. It wasn't a sacrifice. It was a worship. It was an honor that Abba would place his hand on his son, his only begotten son, the son that he loves. What are you willing to lay down for your encounter with Jesus today? Lift your hands with me right now in absolute surrender. Father, we bring you everything we have and all that we have. There is nothing we have that you didn't give us. There's nothing we have accomplished. There's nothing we have attained that we didn't receive. And so we lay down our lives, our hopes and our dreams, our talents and our gifts, our abilities and our vaccinations, our fantasies and our desires in honor of your worship that we may know you. Lord show yourself Reveal yourself in us Reveal yourself to us And reveal yourself through, to the world Through our instrument In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach Sitkenu, Shalom. Thank you Father In Jesus name Amen This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 AM Please visit kpulpit.co.za